Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Good morning, Southern Arizona and the rest of you out there in cyberspace around the world. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop, <laughs> Car Care Shop Talk Show, right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, and hopefully I've got Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing on the other line. Jim, are you there? Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here. Happy to spend my Saturday with you. Oh, I really appreciate that. It's, I got up this morning to some rain. Told myself, rain. this is going to be an interesting day. Grab my flashlight, run out on the back porch at 4 o'clock. Actually, about 3.55. Turned on my flashlight and spotted a, one of those Colorado toads hopping toward my fountain. I said, that ain't going to happen. So I went to get my little pellet gun. Went back out and couldn't find the frog. Walked down the... <laughs> Beside of the beside of the fountain, looked around the bush to the left, a big flower bush I got laying there, and there laid a rattlesnake. And I told myself, Self, what in the world? And I looked at it, and I thought, well, I don't want to shoot a gopher snake because that's the good ones. You know, anything in my backyard, though, is subject to be taken out. So I looked at it, and I couldn't figure it out, and it was raining, and it was cold, and it was just very lethargical, just laying there, rolled up. And uh, so I thought, well, uh, no, that's, if he crawls in these bushes, I'm never going to be able to find him, and I won't even go out in my backyard. But uh, my dogs do, and <laughs> I his shot him in the head. And then... About 15 minutes later, he uncurled enough to where I could see his rattlers. He had 11 buttons on the rattler. And I'm going, holy cow. So I'll tell you, you don't need that first cup of coffee when you wake up to that. Ah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a heck of a way to start the 3.30 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> oh my Saturday gosh. in the rain. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd have been inclined to let what. him go, but I hear you. I've had him curled up on my back porch, too. And that's an interesting way to start the day. Well, my neighbor was over yesterday, and he was talking about killing the rattlesnake day before yesterday. And uh, over laying on his back porch. And I'm going, okay, what is this? You know, that's about the fourth or fifth rattlesnake I've heard this week of people running across. Of course, it is September. It's getting a little cooler. 
Uh, and that's when they normally uh, start looking for warmer places, I guess. Good Lord. Yeah. I, I, that, I, oh, well, threw me off my game this morning, I'm telling you. And rain, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I didn't have but about a quarter inch out here. What are you doing over in the foothills, Jim? <laughs> in the foothills. It rained pretty good over by me. Um, it, it, uh, it, it put down about an inch. It poured. It, it was four o'clock really? in the morning. It was. I was up listening to it, going, "Oh, great! It's pouring." Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with a rattlesnake laying out there, you must not even need any coffee this morning. Because I'll tell you what, your adrenaline must be at full tilt. There's, there's no way uh, I could, I could be sleeping again with the, seeing the snakes laying out like that. Well, it's just laying outside, and I'm, you know, and it doesn't belong in my backyard. It's kind of like having an alligator in the backyard. That's about the same fright factor that I have with a rattlesnake. So, <laughs> but I, it, I'm not going out there and taking a chance but, uh, until it gets completely daylight. And it's just now breaking this dawn. And uh, so when I get the show over at about 8 o'clock and my nerve gets up, I'll go on out there. Right now i got both back doors locked. <laughs> like it's going to come in the house. I don't think so. <laughs> That's a good anyway, idea. Anyway, for the ones I've been- for the ones of you out there, a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, uh, heads up. Rattlesnakes. I figured the only reason he was in that backyard is because he had spotted some frogs going in that backyard and uh, trying to get in a fountain. And during the rain, the frogs are very, very mobile. I mean, my gosh! I went out. And I spotted three, and uh, but two of them were outside. One of them was inside the yard. And but the snakes follow food. I don't begrudge them that. You know, you stay on the outside of my property, and I'll bring the food to you. You come on the inside of my property, and you're going to become food for a buzzard or something. So, but anyway, heads up. Look, take your flashlights with you if you go out and this time of the year around your house. And my backyard is not a jungle. It is. It's got flowers. But it's not a jungle. And that is the third snake in 21 years that I found inside my backyard. Two of them were rattlesnakes. No, it's fourth one. Fourth. Three of them were rattlers and one was a, a bull snake. And I don't kill bull snakes. And rattlers, they, you know, they're not good for people with heart problems. <laughs> that That really spikes it. So... Anyway, that's how my morning started, Jim. How'd your morning start? Well, it wasn't quite that quite that exciting. I, I just I heard the rain and thought, oh, I wonder what I wonder what 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 fun we're going to have this morning because it rained, and wonder where wonder oh, yeah. where if, if we're going to have a wash run, if we're going to be if somebody's going to drive through a puddle and crash. Yeah, those are how I start my morning. So the rain, it's what what is it going to bring on us today? But so far, uneventful. Everybody's, everybody's. We're, we're trying to do our super safe Saturday. Let, let, you know, let's let's try and let's try and get through the day here without, without having a crash. That's that's our goal. Remember, that's our goal on super safe Saturdays. Every day, I'm, every time I'm on, it's a super safe Saturday. Every every time yeah. I'm on this show, it's it's designated super safe Saturday. No no crashes are allowed. That, you can have breakdowns. How does that crashes. work out for you? How does that work uh, out? <laughs> It's a hit or miss, you know. I mean, I I try to put the powers out there. I try to invoke the universal, you know, constant, and 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 say, okay, you know, oh, 
but you know it doesn't it doesn't always work so well you know i don't have the power of the universe yeah. with me so uh-huh. I, I could and I can uh-huh. and I can only do a recap at the end of the at the end of the day to find out whether or not I was whether it was truly worked or not. But sometimes it works. Sometimes it works and everything goes okay. But you know, it's it's a hit or miss. You know, uh-huh. eh, well, welcome all to life, do. huh? Welcome to life. Exactly. Welcome to exactly. life. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I found out this morning. I moved my uh, had to move my big diesel around, so I turned on the windshield wipers and it go. Brr, brr. <laughs> And I'm going, what in the world is this? They're three months old. And wow. so I thought, well, I'll just, you know, I need to run down the store real quick. I'll just take off and run down the store. And going down the store, I run across about uh, six frogs crossing the road and one rattlesnake that was dead in the road out off of Escalante. And I'm, I'm going, wow, wow, it must be that time of the year. But, um, no, I'm, I'm dead serious about these rattlesnakes in your backyard and around your house. You know, pay particular attention at this time of the year. Take your flashlight. Don't go out and just jump out the door. Look out the door, then step out the door. And if you've got any plants sitting close to it, they like to roll up around the bottom of the uh, vases. And you just pay attention. You know, you don't need a snake bite. Those things are nasty. You know, even though the rattlesnakes, only 50% of the rattlesnake bites are actually venomous. They have a choice unless it's a baby. If it's a baby, he just unloads everything he's got. He don't he don't care. But uh oh well, let's get on into the oh, this portion of the show is brought to you by Spectrum Ina Road Auto Collision, seven four four forty four fifty four. You wanna to talk to uh Echo or uh Javier or who else answered the phone? They're all professional. And they're located over on uh, Ina Road. At uh, 4425 West Iner Road, to be exact, behind Jiffy Lube and the car wash. Phone number 744-4454 for any kind of body work or body cleaning or any uh, repaints or anything you need as far as body work on an automobile. Spectrum Iner Road Auto Collision, 744-4454. And if you're a weekend warrior, you're working on your vehicles, Merle's Auto is open, merlesauto.com. They've got 10 locations in Tucson, then they got them scattered out around the state. So uh, go to merlesauto.com, and you can get a list of all of their shops and the closest one to you. Professional people, good product, uh, knowledgeable counter people behind. So if you can point and grunt, you can probably come up with a, uh, off of a schematic to show them what you're almost looking for, and then they'll help you out. Uh, love it. If you have a hard-to-find part, uh, hard part uh, give them a call. And right now, with the shortage of product in the automotive industry and the parts, uh, yeah, it, uh, good luck with that. You're going to need some professionals behind you. Merlesauto.com. All right. Now, getting back to the automotive portion uh, of this show, it is an open line Saturday, 719-1490, 719-1490. I don't care what your questions are. We'll give it a shot if you want to call. Uh, but we're we, we just keep it automotive. Keep it automotive, uh, differential, sus- suspension, engine performance, whatever, whatever question you got on your mind, we'll see if we can help you out. All right, 719-1490. All right, 
or if you, see a, ahead, if you see a rattlesnake, if you see the rattlesnake and, and have an accident, then you can go to the body shop over there at Iona Road or, you know, Verdot. I mean, I see a rattlesnake and then I have an accident. <laughs> That's usually what happens with me. So. <laughs> I'm even afraid to run over him on the road because I'm afraid he might get stuck up in the suspension. <laughs> I, and then, I, I then have I'd have one. to either sell my truck or burn it, one or the other. <laughs> oh. I'm with you. I, I had, I had uh, one that was I was driving home and he was coiled up in the middle of the road, coiled up in strike position in the middle of the road. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is this thing doing in the middle of the road? There's nothing around it. No, you know, there were no dogs around, no, no frogs around. There was just it was just in the middle of the road, all mad about the, about the world, I guess. I was like, well, and, and you're right. I was sitting there thinking, I'll drive by and that thing will launch over at the side of my car and I'll be stuck in the tire and I'll be driving down the road with this snake on my tire. It'll be beating the ground. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. I don't think we'd get stuck under the wheel and there I'd be. Oh, great. Now what do I do with a rattlesnake stuck underneath the suspension? <laughs> I changed a 20 inch tire on a motorhome inside dually on the left side. Oh. Lady went down to Patagonia Lake. Come back, had a flat tire on the inside. She said, Jerry, I run over a rattlesnake, and I think I got one of his fangs sticking in the tire. This is a truck tire. It's not even a pickup tire. It's a truck tire. I'm thinking, right. We went out, jacked it up, rotated that tire, and there it was. It was a rattlesnake fang, probably about three inches long, that had punctured through this truck tire on this motorhome. And it was flat. And we got a whole, took a pair of needle nose, pulled that son of a gun out. That's the reason we know it was three inches long. That is the only one I know of that actually punctured a tire. And oh, I've seen it with my own eyes. So people, when you're running over these rattlesnakes, uh, or any kind of a snake, but especially rattlesnakes, uh, be very careful. <laughs> I'm just wondering what happened to the rest. Of, how did they pull that thing out of that rattlesnake? It must have rotated on the tires, the only thing I can figure. But, oh, my gosh. So that is my rattlesnake story on a flat tire. And that's the only wow. one I've seen in 46 years. Wow. I've been in the automotive industry. So it, it's something else. Jim, I figured where well, you run those uh, service trucks out and pick up people out of the middle of the desert and stuff, you probably should have. Of course, you deal with a lot of cactus in your tires, but uh, the rattle. Have you ever run across a rattlesnake and it actually picked up a uh, punctured tire or anything? Uh, I've run across. I've ran over rattlesnakes. I've never had one pick, puncture a tire for, like that. I mean, I've had them where they've. They've ran over and then and get caught. I've I've been to jobs where they're they're wrapped around the front, like the front axle usually is where they get um, up in the usually right up in, you know on the on the rack or on the steering gear, um, which is always yep. a fun thing. But I've never seen one puncture a tire. Not to say that it couldn't happen. And I, you know, as as big as those things are, especially one with eleven eleven rattles. That thing must have been five feet long. I mean, if they had 11, that thing must have been huge. Well, you just come so on over here and pull it out from the corner of that bush and straighten it out if you want to find out how long it is. I'm not measuring that sucker. I've already called Colleen Leon from Search and Rescue and said, hey, I got a hat band for you. In fact, I probably got a pretty good size belt for you. 
Uh, but you got to come and get it because I don't even want to touch it. I've got a set of tongs, and I don't want to grab it and move it out of the yard. I will unless I can con somebody else into doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm scary. You know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a broke down car anywhere <laughs> for me to go get, not, not to get a rattlesnake. <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh yeah. And with the weed, call me and tell me what you have broke down, so I don't have to get Jerry's rattlesnake out of the out of the backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've I've already put the word out on it, and we've got a few people that skin them and tan them and make belts and hat bands and stuff like that. I will not buy a belt that's made of a rattlesnake skin. I will not buy a hat band. I won't even touch it. That's how paranoid i am about rattlesnakes you know i i used to be afraid of the uh tarantulas desert tarantulas well i went down to my tack room the other morning at about four thirty, and i turned the light on and first thing i seen was a big old tarantula just walking across the floor like he owned a tack room and guess what i give him plenty of time to get over to the corner because he's in there eating crickets and stuff like that and uh that didn't scare me as bad as this did this morning. And this guy was completely lethargic this morning. He didn't, he wasn't even awake. And he, uh, oh my God. If he had moved, I probably had a heart attack. So, <laughs> oh well. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll leave I told the tarantulas them. I leave alone. I, I let a tarantula walk away. I don't, they don't bother me. I'm not going to go pick them up and put them in my hands. No, but I, I'll let the tarantula go. But the rattlesnake, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take care of him. Because the last thing I need is to have to have have to take my dog to the vet because he's got a rattlesnake bite, or me to the vet because I got well, a rattlesnake bite. Because you know I couldn't even get into the well, doctor, so I'd have to go to the vet to get the dang to get the shot. So, yep. And I've got I've got mules on the property. I've had equine on the property. Uh, I do not need rattlesnakes anywhere around them. And down at the hay barn and stuff. Oh my gosh. Every time I go to feed, I just, I've got every piece of lighting that I own. I got a headlight on. I got a handful of pocket of flashlight. And I look every time I go down there because they like to crawl in when it gets kind of cold outside, a little cool. They crawl in and they'll just roll up and they'll be laying there in a little pile. And I'm going, you better, you better be moved before I get there. I'm, I'm not kidding. I travel with. A belly gun, <laughs> belly <laughs> rifle, and I'm a good shot too. <laughs> oh my gosh! But belly gun's all you need. That's my belly gun works. Yep, yep. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I just want to put it out there for the people because the grass is a lot taller than it used to be. Uh, they like to hide in the grass. I've been working with a, a buddy of mine all week, trimming trees, trimming bushes, trimming everything picking up dead trees that's fallen and stuff like that. And I've got some piles of uh, tree limbs and stuff picked up or that's down there. I ordered a roll-off from um, to get in so I'd have enough room to put it in. And But the last time I was cleaning those up, the little pile, and I, when I trimmed my uh, flowers out on the back run, I was picking it up with a bucket on the tractor. And I picked it up, and I noticed something fell on the ground. I thought, there isn't a limb on that thing that big, and it was a friendly rattlesnake. No, that's five. And so 
uh, I just kind of, uh, he fell down just the perfect position. So I just kind of put it in first gear and rolled on over it on the front wheel. And then I backed up, make sure I got him. And then I rolled over him again to make sure. And just for good measures, I rolled over him a third time on his head to make sure it's nice and flat. And, uh, but I'll tell you, I never did get off that tractor until I backed it away. <laughs> I backed it away. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I'm a, a got some kind of a snake phobia or something. Yeah, like scared to death. Um, well, anyway, uh, good cause, though. Good reason. I, nobody wants to get bit by those things. No, I don't want to get bit by it. You know, I don't have the uh, resistance I used to have as a young guy. And uh, so kids and older adults, senior citizens and stuff, stay away from their bed board. Don't be picking on them. And you can be compassionate if you want to. Good luck with that. Uh, the, I guess rural metro picks up a bunch of them out of the foothills and stuff, uh, on people's, in their garages. And, uh, by the way, if you got a garage and a garage door, close it. And especially at this time of the year. And if you've got any openings around it, like you have a plug in for a motorhome or something, you've got that one inch cord going on the bottom of it. You may want to stick some stainless steel or something around that or tape some stainless steel onto that so that when the door shuts, it actually closes around. It, it'll stop like scorpions coming in, stuff like that. So it's it's sad, but we have a lot of uh, a, a lot of creatures that like to spend time in a house, you know, scorpions, uh, snakes. I actually found a snake in a home over on Wrightstown one time. It scared me to death. That was in the kitchen on the kitchen table. I still haven't figured out how that sucker got in. But um, unless he come through the doggy door. And so now I put uh, the doggy door cover in place at night. That's, I mean, not that they'd come in. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> famous last words. Uh, but anyway... And this one was a, I think it was a king snake or something because it really had a bad attitude, especially when I kept shooting at it. And that, I, my aim has gotten better since then, but it's hard to shoot a snake when you're up on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> especially in That's one of those circus acts. <laughs> <laughs> and a flash water don't get it. <laughs> you know, and it's but, a shame uh, yeah, you he, could have that on the, you can Facebook that and have that on your Facebook page of old old guy shooting snake while on chair. You know, hell, you'd get you know, a million hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, at least. At least. People are going, look at this idiot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about a little bit of automobile now that we've done scared the dickens out of everybody out there. Wiper blades, get your wiper blades. It's supposed to rain next week almost uh, two, three days. It's a real good probability. Uh, yesterday I looked at it and there's a 1% chance of rain and I got up this morning it was pouring outside. So, and I love the rain. I'm glad it's here, but um, I don't like the rattlesnakes. I don't like frogs drawing rattlesnakes inside my gates because my gates, I don't even see how this big son of a gun got in. He must have come in at a corner or something. Or, But they do climb, and they can extend up and come over your little wall before you get to the wrought iron and stuff like that. So yep. heads up. Yep. All right, engine performance. Let's talk about engine performance a little bit. Um, Jim, if I say engine performance to you, what do you think of? What do I think of when I think of engine performance? 
Holly yeah. 750 double pumper on a single plane manifold. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about hot rod, huh? Uh, yeah. If you're playing on. That's old school, yeah. I guess. That's the, the, nobody runs double pumpers anymore, and I'm probably on a single plane. Nobody even runs that. Radical cam, you know, of a cam a cam with uh, with a really high intake uh, with a high intake lift on it, five twenty, five forty on the lift on the intake side, you know, uh, uh, springs high high high, uh, high compression springs to keep my valve float down. Uh huh. Okay. What about what, engine performance on a regular streetcar that you drive? What oh. are you looking for? What, what, no, no, that's an excellent, excellent. <laughs> that's what most people think of engine performance. Like, wow, this is a hot ride. Uh, but some of them still think that uh, engines, they just run and run and run and run and run and run and run. And we can ignore them, you know, because I'm sure they're going to tell me something before they blow up. And that is not the way they go. Why do you need engine service? Service to maintain your engine performance, sometimes known as a tune-up. That's out of the early automobiles. That's when they used a tuning fork to tune these engines. That's how the tune-up name stuck. Keep your engine working hand-in-hand with the rest of your car's powertrain. More so now than ever because everything is computer controlled and it's tied all together. This is how optimum car performance is achieved. Why do you need engine performance service? A well-tuned engine delivers the best balance of power and fuel economy and produces the lowest level of emissions. Modern engines compensate for worn parts to a degree giving you the sense that everything is fine with your car. Keeping your engine tuned will restore your car to its normal operating state and contribute to the overall efficiency of the engine and emission system. The Environmental Protection Agency says a well-maintained car is more fuel efficient, produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions, a is more reliable and safer to drive. So if you've got a runnability issue or if you think you have a runnability issue, it's time to get it checked out. Uh, you know, one thing I used to ask when people would call and say, well, my engine is doing this. My next question to them is, when was the last time you had a major service? Um, used to be called, when's the last time you had a tune-up, okay? But there's more to a tune-up than just change spark plugs, okay? Now you have coilover spark plugs. You have individual coils on the spark plugs. Uh, You have uh, gasoline. You have multi-fire cylinders with uh, fuel delivery. And if any one of these things get out of whack, all of a sudden you've got a miss in one of the cylinders. Uh, You've got a leaky intake because the different metals or different composition of manifolds that you're making now. They're vacuum leaks. You have a lot of stuff that goes on with that. Have you ever tuned your car up or changed the spark plugs and you said, wow, all right, I've got this all done. It's going to be running smoother than the son of a gun because I found a couple of foul spark plugs and they're going to be good now. And then you fire it up and it don't even want to run. You're there, what the heck? 
Well, those vacuum lines that you actually touched while you were in there pulling spark plugs and, and messing around on the hood, the vacuum lines broke the seal. Now you've got a vacuum leak. So if you've got uh, 10 years on your vacuum lines and you're in there tuning it up and you see a vacuum line, take my advice. Do not pull all of your vacuum lines off at one time. Pull one off, cut it to length, cut your new one to length, put it back on. Pull the second one off, cut it to length, put them back on. I run into that with a Honda one time. One of the technicians, oh, yeah, well, I got a schematic on this. I'll just, oh, my gosh, it took two days to put those vacuum lines back on that Honda. It had a vacuum distributor box that had about 21 different ports on it. And this guy thought that he was going to pull it off and read a schematic and put that thing back. Well, he did, finally. But it's a lot easier to do one at a time. You get them out, you put them back on, and life is good. You can check your vacuum lines after you get on by lightly tugging or trying to move the vacuum line on the port. And if you do that and it doesn't move, then you're probably going to be pretty safe. But if you can rotate it with zero resistance, in other words, just grab it and, and roll it, uh, no, that's leaking. So when you're doing the vacuum lines, do all of them at one time. The ones that you can see and get to, just go ahead and replace them under the hood. You have temperatures under the hood that reach up to about 275 degrees, and it sets there and just drives everything out. And so just when you're doing your tune-up, do it all the way. Don't do it part way. And if you've got uh, uh, the spark plugs that doesn't have a coilovers on them, uh, you've got plug wires. You want to check your plug wires. At about 70,000 miles, I'd really think that you'd be smart if you actually changed the plug wires. And then you can get them. You can put them on. And then it cuts back on the resistance on it. Uh, anytime you can cut back the resistance on a plug or a spark plug wire, then you're saving the buildup of energy that it takes the coil to fire off the spark plug. So that's a little hint you might want to keep back in your little memory banks. Um, oil filters, fluids. Oh, my gosh, oil filter and fluids. Oil filters, how about, how many of you are running extended drain intervals? Um, a lot of you are. Do a lot of you still know that when you go in and buy a oil filter that you get the one for extended drain, which means over a period of time. It's not 3,000, it's 5,000 or 7,500 or 10,000. And you, this, this is, absolutely critical that you get this and it's critical that you change your oil on a regular interval um if there's three thousand there's five thousand or seventy five hundred there's ten thousand there's some of your foreign cars actually got fifteen thousand miles on them we're in the desert read your owner's manual go to extreme duty uh, there's, I was reading an article and they're talking about, uh, it depends on where you live. Do you live on a dirt road? Do you run constantly down a dirt road and have all the dust and stuff coming in the engine at the same time? And they say, if you do, and it's a regular shot, you change your oil at 3,000 miles. And I'm going, wow, that's smart, but you know, people's not going to do it. 
But the other thing is change your air filter. Goodness gracious alive. That the air filter, that's what feeds the air into the engine. And that's what allows the mixture to be correct, the fuel mixture. And when you interrupt that, it creates a a problem. The engine on the older ones, it's not computer fed. Uh, it, It creates a problem to where you have a fuel delivery issue. And it'll just keep pumping. It'll keep drawing anything it can to come up with the air, which is normally coming through the the gas delivery, and it just sucks everything in. And then your fuel economy starts dropping off. It's just it's nasty. So when you're doing the fuel filters, make sure or air filters, make sure they stay clean. And they say, oh, you need to check them at every oil change. Well, every oil change is around, that. let's say you go 5,000 miles for round numbers. At 5,000 miles, how many haboobs and windstorms have you had that come through while you're driving and you drive in around Tucson or up to Phoenix or run into San Diego or something like this? How many of those do you drive through? The rules change when you run across that. As soon as you get to a point where you can get that filter out and get it changed, do it. You know if you run through a heavy windstorm with a lot of dust. Trust me, 11,000 gallons of air for one gallon of gasoline. That's a bunch of air. And when the, fil- when the air filter is responsible for collecting that, it'll collect it up to a point, and then it actually sucks it through because it can't. the air filter is no longer efficient, and it will pull the stuff inside the engine. That's what we call a Yuma board job. You've got all this silica, which is sand, running in the oil delivery system around your engine, and that creates massive problems. So heads up with that. Anything you want to add on that, Jim? I, I remember what I forgot last week. Oh, good. What did you forget last week? <laughs> so <laughs> oil filters, uh, yep. they're not all the same. I know that that sounds. They all look the same on the outside, but they have. There's a thousand different types of filter construction techniques, and have running fleets and getting to see um, OEM reps. They get, they'll show you. They'll bring displays, and they'll show you the inside of oil filters. And I've seen them from Caterpillar and Wix. I've seen them from Motorcraft and GM. I've seen AC Delco. I've seen hundreds of them. I'm sure you have too, Jerry, where they cut them apart and mm-hmm. they'll show you the difference of the filter material and the filtering system. So when the oil goes through the filter, it, it has there's a it, there's an element that it goes through, and some of them have more element than others. Some of them have no element. Some of them are just all paper inside. Some of them have bypass springs and relief valves, and all that comes with a cost. So when you're going to do your oil change, make sure you buy a quality filter. Really, I, it, it's, it, you, can do, you can change your oil every 30 days, and if the fil- oil filter's junk, it's a pointless oil change because it's, it's never going to get the dirt out. It's just going to run the dirt through your, through your bearings, and then you're going to have to buy a new motor. So... It's really critical, and the air filter is the same way. Um, <laughs> the the I, we we run trucks, okay. The truck filter is literally the small filter, by the way, is 18 inches in diameter and it's 24 inches long, okay. So 
the small barrel. That's how what what it takes to go inside the truck. I can tell you for a fact, you take that out, we can you can drop it on the ground from two inches off the ground, and if it's been dirty outside, the wind's been working, or we're working out in the dirt, the dust just falls off of it. When you see that, it's time it's time to throw that puppy away. When you take your filter out and you drop it and 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 you see dust fluttering around, yeah, that's a junky filter. You throw that thing away. At eleven thousand gallons per one gallon of gas. That's what you said. Eleven thousand gallons per one yep. thousand gallons of gas. That's a lot yep. of air. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and you figure that most most cars probably, while running, run somewhere between four hundred and seven hundred cubic feet per minute. I mean, I know that carburetors are specking CFM, six fifty, seven fifty. I said the seven fifty double pumper. That's the seven hundred fifty mm-hmm. cubic feet per minute. And that's, I mean, I don't know how to describe seven hundred and fifty cubic feet, but that would basically be uh, uh, ten feet wide and uh, seven feet long, right? That's been seventy seventy feet long by one foot high. So one foot high, imagine, imagine a box, one foot high, 10 foot wide, and 70 feet long. That much air goes into your motor in one minute. That's a lot of air. That's getting with it. Yeah. That's getting with it. That's, that's getting with it. So well, the, you, the fact... Yeah. <laughs> the, Go ahead. The, the, the fact that the, the get the fact that they can filter anything at all without every and you can and they can go fifteen twenty thousand miles just amazes the heck out of me, and you can look at OEM filters to have certain construction levels and aftermarket ones, but get a good quality one and change it. It's cheap. It's the cheapest thing you can do. A changing an air filter, I know, it costs fifteen dollars. It's the cheapest maintenance you can do to your car. It's the most effective. It's the easiest. It's the best thing you can do. And then you can then you can you know saving off the it saves off a lot of a lot of uh, other issues that come up because like Jerry said that Yuma that Yuma uh, re ring job board job yeah <laughs> board job that went through the rear motor yeah that's not going to be. Very productive to having a, a really efficient non fuel bur- not oil burning motor. So that's uh it's 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 cheap, it's easy. They're, they're oil filters and air filters are cheap. I mean, relatively speaking. An oil filter costs ten bucks, let's say. A good oil filter costs ten dollars. And a good air filter costs fifteen. Compared to the motor, how much is the motor, Jerry? Four thousand? Three thousand? Uh they started around four. Five, four? And that's not installed. They started four thousand, not installed. Well, I mean, four thousand—that's four hundred oil filters, right? <laughs> and they're yeah, it's kind of like do the math. Yeah, there's four hundred oil filters, four hundred oil changes. Uh-huh. If you change your oil every, let's just go for easy—you change your oil every five thousand miles. Maybe if you change it every if you change it every one thousand miles, that'd be four hundred thousand miles. If you change your oil every thousand miles, that'd be four hundred thousand miles in oil filters. Um, I never, I never got a. Car to go that far, I got a truck to go that far, but I never got a car to go that far. So. 
Well, I just say the uh, math. The math is there. It's it's easy. It's easy. They're easy things to do. Even if you take it out and get it done, and it costs fifty bucks, it's the cheapest. The cheapest maintenance. The best maintenance you can ever do. Oil changes and air filters, and antifreeze. No, don't forget your antifreeze every twelve months. Well, uh, we do uh, antifreeze, rec- antifreeze on automobiles recommended at every, uh, I think it's two years, uh, 24,000 miles. You flush it once you open the system. Uh, I know if you drive a uh, mid- mid-sized diesel like mine, it's uh, two years, 24,000 miles. And if you'll do that, you'll find that good stuff happens to you. If you own a diesel and you don't do it, you're going to be very unhappy. Because as life goes on, uh, it will come back and bite you in the butt. And you don't want that because that is expensive. The diesel motor is just a different program. You're looking at probably anywhere from 13000 to about 20000 uh for the medium-sized diesels like the Dodges, Cummins, the uh, uh, Power Strokes, and the uh, GM. So when you go with that, uh, there's things that you need to... Um, uh, keep in mind. But as far as engines, you do have an alternative engine. Uh, there's people ask me, said, Jerry, what's a rebuild engine? A rebuilt engine is one that's remanufactured to prescribed standards and specifications by highly skilled machinists using state-of-the-art equipment and components. The engine is completely disassembled. All surfaces and components are machined, cleaned, and reassembled by expert technicians. Critical internal parts are replaced with new ones. Due to redesigned and better quality parts, many times a remanufactured engine will be more efficient than when it was originally installed brand new. Here's your options. A factory remanufactured. The engine has been rebuilt and remanufactured at a factory. Many internal engine parts have been replaced with new ones. These engines have been tested and come with a warranty that usually covers installation expenses. That would be like a Jasper engine. Uh, Custom remanufactured. The vehicle's engine is removed and rebuilt. Like the factory version, many internal engine parts get replaced with new ones. Going green, a rebuilt engine not only reuses and recycles an engine, it eliminates the energy need to process discarded car engines and vehicles and conserves energy and resources required to manufacture new engines. Rebuilt engine will get better gas mileage and produce fewer emissions than a used engine. Okay. Cost effective. Repowering a typical car or truck with a rebuilt or remanufactured engine costs between 2500 and 5000 I think that number is going to be somewhere around 3500 to about 10000 And about 10% to 15% of the cost of a new vehicle. The trade used to be, uh, it, it started out, if it, if it cost you about $2,300 for the repair on your vehicle, people just go in and say, I'll just go buy a new car. So they go buy a new car. Then it went on up to 2600 
And same thing, that'll take you into a dealership, well, let me check these cars out. Well, you know, I'm sure that the first time you look, the second time you look, the price of the cars is probably up about 10000 Now, if you go in, it's about $3,600 before you'll actually go into the, to the place, and uh, to a new car dealership to get a new car. I tell you, when you get an estimate on car, on the repair of your car, you go into a dealership and you look at the car, uh, vehicle that you're buying, and the cost it's going to cost you out the door, and you say, okay, for 11% of this, what is that number going to be and see where you're at in the uh, average. And if you can fix it for 11% of what you're going to buy a new one for, then you, I do it. We see a lot of people doing that now. And the reason being, but you can't do it blind. If you go into a Parker Automotive or Automotive Specialist or Simmons 4 before, we're going to look at the whole car. We're going to look at it from a, the everything but the body parts. Spectrum can worry about that. But we're going to look at the complete powertrain. If you have 300,000 miles on this car, and that is not an uncommon thing anymore, and you still have the original transmission, but it's slipping a little bit, no big deal. And you you look at that and you go, okay, the differential, we'll pull a cover on the differential, we'll check the gears and stuff in the differential, but make sure that you're not putting good money after bad. Trust me, we turned down probably as many cars as we actually replaced the motors in because... Jim, your car needs a lot of work in addition to the engine. We put a fresh engine in it. It's not, you're going to be right back probably within 30, 60 days. You're going to have to have a lot more stuff. So by the time you get done with it, you've got about 10 grand in it. Now you got 10 grand in it. Blue book price on it's about $3,500 with it running good. But you have spent that hard-earned money. You've got a motor in there from Jasper. It's got a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty on it, including labor. And so you're good to go there. Uh, the dealerships and other places that are putting these uh, crate motors out, they have three-year, 100,000-mile warranties on them. And so when you look at it and you go, okay, does the car, can it withstand a five to $6,000 repair and is it going to be running, and can I drive that thing for another 100,000 miles at least after I get it all put together? Well, with the exception of the normal repair items like brakes, uh, fan belts, you know, timing belts, you should be able to do it. But don't forget the maintenance. And when you have a new engine put in your car and it's got a warranty on it, guess what? If you don't maintain what you're supposed to be doing on the oil changes and the service on this vehicle, that warranty will become null and void. Another thing to remember when you're putting an engine in one, what's the condition of the cooling system? What's the condition of the radiator? The radiator got 300,000 miles on it. Is it plugged up? We pull them out and send them to a radiator shop and have them checked. And if they're plugged up, they either get fixed, record, or replaced. Because if we put a, a engine in a vehicle and it has an overheat problem and it turns out to be the radiator causing this overheat, one, the engine 
manufacturer is going to void the warranty on it because they have put heat tabs on the side of the motor. So if the installers did not do diligence and check out your cooling system and all of this before they release this vehicle to you to drive, it, the, hey, it's on us. I mean, it's on the it's on the installers. So if you need a radiator in it and it's got three hundred thousand miles on it, or two hundred thousand, and you know that you haven't been changing it regular, we'll probably figure it out by just testing the antifreeze. And when we do that, if we don't clean that thing up, do the flushes and stuff that it's supposed to do. By the way, that increases the cost of your installation. Most of it we have to pull anyway, so you don't don't get double charge. But you've got New fluids, you got new antifreeze, you got flushes, and all sorts of stuff that we have to do in order to do that. And while we're there, that's when you save money. We're already there. The parts already got to come out, so you don't have to go the R&R to the radiator or anything like that. We're going to do it. That's included in the cost of replacement of an engine. So get the total price on it and then go to the car lot and say, okay, I've been watching this cute little Toyota, this cute little Ford, or this cute little Chrysler product or GM product, and now it runs, average cost is $43,000. Average cost of a pickup is mind-boggling. You know, a half-ton truck, you can spend $85,000 on a half-ton truck. Of course, it's a performance truck. But when you take 11% of that, you got a lot of money to spend on repairing your vehicle if you like it. If you don't like it because you don't like the paint job, that's no big deal. You call Spectrum and say, okay, what's a what's a paint job on this car going to run me? They'll give you a price. You take that, add it on to the cost of the engine you're going to put in there, and then you can go ahead and do it. You can go to your credit union. You can go to your bank. But if you do this, let me tell you how to do it. You go in. Instead of drawing the money out of a 401 or out of your savings account, because if you get a low interest loan at a bank on this on this uh, engine replacement, you will pay that back. If you borrow it from your savings account, and you'll turn around and you'll say, oh, I, I don't have to worry about this month. I can put the money back in it next month. And you keep wobbling on it. And first thing you know, uh, you really come across a large expense that you need your savings account for, and you go, Holy crap. If you borrow the money to have an automobile fixed, an engine replacement, do not extend the loan value past the warranty on whatever your engine is. If you get a three-year 100000 go three years. If you get a, a two-year, you go two years. Uh, if you get a one-year, go one year. And then you pay it off. You own the car. You're not wasting money. It's not going to depreciate anymore. You've got the records on it. If you get ready to sell it six months later, you just say, hey, you call up Parker Automotive. You call up Brian Fuller, an automotive specialist. Uh, you call up Simmons and say, hey, I need a copy of my work that's been done on this because I'm getting ready to sell it. For the people buying these cars, if you're buying a car around Tucson, Arizona, or, uh, well, around Tucson, and you want to know how it's been maintained, ask them who has been your regular garage that you use for service of this vehicle. Ask to see the records. Super critical. 
because they don't maintain these vehicles like they're supposed to with the oil changes and the filter changes, believe it or not. These things have a tendency to wear out premature. If you find a truck that's got a trailer hitch on it and the ball's almost wore out, the mileage on that truck should be times two because they are using it to work, using it to pull. And if you do that, then the mileage on it is kind of mute because it's double whatever you uh, show on the odometer. I did that with my 93 diesel I had. You know, I just figured I, everything, all the mileage and stuff, all the services were cut in half. If it says, okay, you're supposed to change your oil at 7,500 miles, I changed it to 4,000. And I did that until it wore out completely clean. In other words, when the transmission quit, I went to the transmission shop and looked at it, and it was just wore out completely clean. There wasn't a broken part in that transmission. There's just nothing left to make traction so it would pull. So I'm telling you that if you maintain these things and you do the math when you get ready to repair it or trade it in, just do the math, and you'll be happy in the long run. Especially if you like the car. If you don't like the car, hey, I got rid of a 79 Chevy 4 before 3 quarter ton just because the <coughs> the distributor quit. Had a module in the distributor, and that thing quit. But I had spent so much money on that truck, that's it. When I had to get some help to push it out of the corner of Broadway and Swan to get it to the side of the road, I called a... Tow service, had that thing taken back to the shop, fixed it for $47, put up a sale sign on it. One of my customers bought it. He was driving that thing five years later, and he said, this is the best truck I've ever had. And I told him, I said, it should be. I put a fortune in the thing. But I bought the truck without looking at it myself, and I know better. So when I'm telling you, check these things out, I mean it. Because... <laughs> This thing had been in a flood up under the dash. It was detailed out perfect, but you can't detail up under a dash. And when I seen that seaweed and the mud and stuff up under it, I thought, I'll be a son of a gun. And it run good for about 30 days, and then everything started coming apart. I mean everything. And uh, so there's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So buyer beware. Don't you, you know, this is my recommendation. You find a vehicle, you love that thing, it's the prettiest thing you've ever seen in your life. Oh, my gosh, it matches my favorite shirt. It matches my favorite blouse. I've got to have this vehicle. <laughs> take it to your favorite garage, or you can take it to Parker, Automotive Specialist, or Simmons. Have this son of a gun checked out. Get it a third-party, unbiased opinion. If you want a pink automobile, hooray for you. If you want a black one, hooray for you. If you want a black one and you find a red one and it's perfectly, uh, the mechanically perfect, take it over to Spectrum and have the darn thing painted. You will be money ahead doing that because cosmetics normally don't cause a runnability problem. Seen a few of those in my 46 years in business. So... That's my story. Jim, what do you want to add, buddy? Well, that's great advice. You... I've, I've had I've had plenty of vehicles that um, 
that I, I thought I would, that would be the cat's meow. I thought this is going to be the greatest thing. I, you'd have it for like a week or two and realize this is the worst thing I've ever driven in my life. Not because it ran it bad, <laughs> but because it, it just didn't, didn't do what I want, thought it would do. Um, and that's, that's, you know, I tell people to drive the cars before they get them, get them checked out though. There's, you know, that's, that is probably the best advice I could ever tell anybody, you know, get a, fr- get, when when we look at cars, I mean, when I look at cars, it's like looking at women, you know. Boy, I get rose-colored glasses, you know. Oh, that's 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 gorgeous, you know. And um, so, you know, <laughs> I don't all I don't I don't see everything I should see because I don't want to see it. Does that and okay. and because you know because I'm already I'm already in love I'm already in love with this thing, and. Um, but yeah, I've I've had had vehicles checked out and exactly that. Hey, you know that the um the transmission's been held in by two bolts, right? What do you mean? I mean there's only two bolts hold the transmission in and why are the other eight out? Oh. Well, let's do a little more work on it and find out that you know what? It wasn't put together. Somebody tried to quick fix it and put it together and it didn't go together at all and you know, and all of a sudden you've, uh, you know, $50 worth of inspection saves you a lifetime worth of expense and headache. And then frustration, because now you're going to get, now you're going to break up with your love, because you love this car, and you're going to break up with it, so now you're getting divorced, and it, and the alimony you just had to pay, because you just spent a ton of money on it, now you had to get rid of it. Oh, man, it's a, <laughs> that's a horrible relationship to be in. Don't ever be in that relationship. Well, I, uh, that's that's a good analogy. You know, I, I haven't looked at it that way. I'll just, you know, the uh, even that one truck that I bought, uh, I'll tell you, after 30 days, I've, I'm sitting there shaking my head and going, okay, how can I bail out of this thing? What can I do? Well, after about $7,000, including bearings and stuff, and where, where it's been rolled off in the ocean or whatever it was in, uh all the bearings started coming out, differentials, transmissions, transfer case. Uh, I, I replaced everything on that thing but the motor. And when that one little module in that distributor quit, I said, I am done. I am absolutely done. It was a good-looking truck. It was a four-wheel drive, and it was running almost perfect except for that $47 module. And I told myself, self, I don't care if it costs $5. It left me sitting in the middle of Broadway. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And like I said, sold it to uh, one of my customers, actually bought it from a shop. We give him the, all the records on it and everything. And he was driving that thing five years later. I'm going, good Lord. But if well, I'd have been that. driving it, it, it would have run a week and it would quit something else. So no thank you. So and, and that's the buyer way cars beware. That's the way cars are. You fall in love with them, and yep. then you have a bad relationship. But doesn't mean that it, that relationship can't go on to somebody else and be a better one. See, just like women. That's right. Well, I, I can't answer that. <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? Get us in trouble? <laughs> no, just like no. Men. I just, I just try just like men just and women. To... I just try to appeal to the man out there that that, that go, yep, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> I can totally see that happening. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, the women are sitting there listening going, uh-huh, I can too. 
No. Well, we can go. We, no, we can flip it. We'll flip it next hour. Yeah. All right. We'll handle it next hour. All right. You're listening live to the Simmons Car Care Show right here on ESPN. We're going to take a break for the top of the hour. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> 